Hey ho, this is Samuel Jorison with the Preparatory Podcast, Restoration Basics, and it's been so long I can't remember if I say Restoration Basics or Preparatory Podcast first, <laughs> but I am joined with two of my good friends, Jason Kane and Andrew Smith, and we are going through the chapters of the Book of Mormon one by one, sometimes doubling up one by two, and uh, that's what we're doing today. So please join us as we get into Alma, chapter 7 and 8 of the RLDS edition. Um, Andrew, what's uh, what do you think of this overall chapter? I really liked this one. Um, it is a storyline that involves Alma and Amulek preaching to the people of Ammonihah and uh, their dealings with some of the more troublesome people in the city and uh, it has a lot for us to glean from it's a lot of a lot of good answers to questions that people have been asking for a long time yeah i'm gonna bring in our third host jason kane uh do you have any thoughts on uh <clears throat> the chapter in in general or just overview jason yeah so alma preaching and then amulet coming in and reinforcing some of that i really liked the um, amulet chapter as well um, but we'll get into that later yeah andrew you said you really liked this this chapter i had as my kind of subheading not a fun message for alma seven no. so he seems to be kind of serious about this so let's set the stage you kind of you kind of already did andrew that um they're preaching to the city of Ammonihah, who's a hostile to them city, hostile to Alma and Amulek. They already kicked out Alma. They uh, kind of broke his spirit before he came back due to the leadings of the spirit. And that's when he met Amulek. Um, and they've been fellowshipping for a few days. And now they are out preaching. So let's just dive in here um, with verse one and a little behind the scenes before we start the episode, we always say, all right, who has something that really stood out to them? And, uh, in a rare instance, first one was mentioned. So I'm going to let Andrew take us from first one. An honor to be, uh, the first one representative. <laughs> um, what I liked about this verse is that it, it talks about them preaching to the people and it came to pass that as I began to preach unto them, it says, in verse 1, they began to contend with me, saying, Who art thou? You know, and I uh, I read that uh, while I was doing my read-through before we recorded, and it sounded very familiar. It sounded similar to something we read in uh, the book of Acts in the New Testament, um, where there is an uh, evil spirit um, in, in someone. He's possessed someone, and... Uh, there were people that came up to cast the spirit out, and the spirit answered them. This is Acts nineteen fifteen. It says, "Jesus, I know; Paul, I know; but who are ye?" It's it's uh, you know um, sounds very similar to verse one of of Alma seven, um, and I think that kind of establishes uh, a pattern that we can see probably in each of our own lives, is that when we try to do something. Of God, Satan's um, go-to punch, you know, right as a response is to say, "Who do you think you are?" What, like, uh, and and he starts to knock us down a few pegs, you know, um, whether it's uh, uh, 
belittling our ministry as a whole, belittling who we are as a person, belittling where we came from. Uh, he just doesn't like to edify you, which is the exact opposite of what we have been called to do to edify our brothers and sisters. So I see that as a, as kind of a, a pattern and, and it's kind of interesting connection between the New Testament and uh, the Book of Mormon. I think I relate a lot to uh, the question, or I see that related today as a appeal that, uh, not an appeal, but uh, a claim of refusal to listen to anyone without proper authority, which I think we uh, instinctively do. So I don't ever want to follow the advice of an idiot. And so if I can... Um, <laughs> it, I mean, that's not just for scriptural stuff. That's for everything. Like, you know, I don't want to, if there's someone out there who's got bad advice, I don't want to take it. And if I haven't appointed them, you know, in my judgment, when I'm listening to their advice as an authority on the subject, I'm going to be a lot less inclined to listen to them. There's that, you know, that scene in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail where the king, where he's like, I'm the king. He's like, well, I didn't make you keen, you know, like <laughs> the peasant says that to Arthur. Anyway, I just think that's really relatable um, or evident today. I mean, you see people who are like, I, I'm not going to believe what that person says because they don't have this credential or this education or this also is going on in their lives, which actually reminds me of a, story, uh, at a time in my life when I was a, a little bit younger than I am today quite young actually and i went with a friend to their church service um because i had spent the night and then um i went with them to church and i remember um i came back home after everything after lunch and some family members were over and one of my family members asked how church went with with this friend where i had gone and i kind of made a joke about how well it wasn't it wasn't from uh uh restoration branch priesthood member. So I didn't really worry about whatever, what was said. And, uh, <laughs> this family member kind of took me aside and was like, um, that's not how it works. You know, there's, uh, there's good that can be found in anything or it, you know, if anyone is speaking the truth, then it's the truth. Doesn't matter really what you say. So this, claim that's being tossed at Alma and Amulek, I think, is kind of picture perfect of what we still do today when we're like, well, I'm not going to listen to them. Because it's like, well, who said that? Who Who is this person that's making this bold claim? Because I want to vet them. I want to see all the times they've been wrong in their life. And then if they pass my standard, I'll listen to them when really it just needs to be, okay, the words that he's this person's saying agree with the word of God that I know. And so I should probably listen to it. Not to hijack your your uh, verse. No hijacking done. I agree with the representative from verse one <laughs> of chapter seven. And further on, like we like to think that we know what God would do as well. And so verse six says, and they said, who is God that sendeth no more authority than one man among this people to declare unto them that the truth of such great and marvelous things. It's like, come on, if what you're saying was true and that like, the city will be destroyed or, you know, saved by God. Um, he would have sent more than just you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Hey, he didn't know. <laughs> so do they have the, uh, this is kind of bad. They had the book of Jonah. So <laughs> they would have said, I mean, not that these, I don't think these individuals were very learned in 
what yeah. was and said. For, but yeah, right before but, that, it calls them hard-hearted and stiff-necked. Yeah, which is, I mean, kind of on par for people that don't read their scriptures. Yeah, often. So, but they, I think it, they yeah. don't read, but they know everything. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. But it is true that it's like. What God sends only yeah. one person to tell me what to do when yeah. whole city. We we do like to know or we like to think what that we know what God would do. But most of the time we don't. There's plenty of times where one person can, like Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Abraham to Sodom and Gomorrah, he was the only one that came mm-hmm. and uh like most of the prophets, like Yeah. There was just one that was Noah warning. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. the only one left. <laughs> yeah. One might say there is a bit of a pattern there. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that the lesson to learn from that is, is like Sam said, kind of to surmise that, I guess, um, to not look for qualifications that are easy to see. So um, maybe don't only listen to people that have a theology degree or, uh, maybe in our circle of things, don't only listen to people who have a priesthood office. Um, listen to people that are close to God, yeah. you know, and, and that's really hard to to uh, see from the surface. And um, that's why we need the spirit with us you yeah. Know, yeah. all the time. We yeah. talk about discernment like almost every episode. So but it's worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Discernment is super important um, when dealing with this because, mm-hmm. yeah, like people can tell the truth. And a lot of the times the truth we don't like to actually hear it um especially if it means that we're doing something wrong and uh that's definitely the case here yeah and man they're doing lots wrong yeah they're doing a lot wrong and um a lot of times they like also this is during the i forgot what year of the reign of judges like the 10th or something like that but they care more about their learned people and the judges and all that. And they're like, you know, you're going against what these people are saying. And, you know, these are the people that we've deemed correct. And so they have more earthly authority, but really. And we find out later that these people are lawyers. Yeah. So it's. And they're crafting their message to, you know, for their own gain and for. Yeah, and it tells agenda. you exactly why later too. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I guess we'll get into that when we get into it. But yeah. they are getting gain, and so they are fighting for something. <laughs> exactly. Every case, they get a grain or a harvest of grain, and <laughs> the breakdown, <laughs> which we can touch on later. Yeah. Um. They. Uh. So yes, they kind of uh, argue against the words that have been said by Alma and Amulek. Well, so far. And uh, Alma begins to continue to share, and his message is tough nose, tough nose argument um, on the, the, the people. And uh, I, one thing that stood out for me um, as he's calling them to repentance and asking them to remember the commandments of God, um, he tells them, he compares them to the the Lamanite people. And he talks about how, you know, the Lamanites have been cut off from the promises of God because of their iniquity, but it would still, it'll still be better for the Lamanites in the day of judgment um, than the Nephites or this, this people in the city here, because they don't know the promises of God anymore. 
um, their fathers did that. And now, you know, generations before did that. And now they're kind of suffering the consequences and God's going to take that into account when he judges them. But something that really kind of um, surprised me in verse 19 and 20, I'm going to read this. Um, Alma's talk. He says, nevertheless, I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for them, speaking of the Lamanites, in the day of judgment than for you if you remain in your sins. But this is the crazy part. He says, yea, even more tolerable for them in this life than for you, except ye repent, for there are many promises which are extended to the Lamanites. Um, I think it's really easy to recognize that life is going to be uh, or that a fair judge is going to take into account um, when they're standing before him, you know, to be judged that, hey, you didn't have these commandments, you didn't have even the records, you didn't know any better, and that's why you sinned. But it's crazy to me, not crazy, that's a kind of too negative of a word, but it's um, eye-opening to me that even in this life, so like day to day, it's going to be easier for the Lamanites to just live than it is for the Nephites who have been told the promises and then are not following the commandments. I don't know if that relates today at all. I don't know if, um, I don't know if you can see that in the U S or in other places, um, today, but I think it's kind of interesting to think that, Hey, my life would be easier. Um, or the, even if, if I'm not following the commandments of God, life is going to be easier for the other people who are not following the commandments of God who never knew, mm-hmm. uh, the commandments of god i don't know just a weird yeah if you never know you're not going to be held accountable as much as those who have been close to god who have received these promises and you know has been provided for in many occasions and that's what alma talks about a lot in a lot of his sermons when he's calling people to repentance is um you know remember what god has done for your ancestors and um or even you don't even have to consider him ancestors of just like your great grandpa, you know, like, yeah, it's just like, Hey, God has brought these people out. And with, uh, talking about Lehi and how they delivered Lehi and yeah. So I just think that we're so quick to forget. Life. Sorry. Good. No, go ahead. I was just, I just think that the, in this life is yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I opening. This the the afterlife makes sense to me. Right. The in this life is kind of oh, you're harming yourself not like not only your future self cuz people are like, "Well, I'll repent at the day, you know, when it gets close to the when I'm about to die." Yeah. And it talks about that in the scriptures, but even now, like I'm only hurting my life now mm-hmm. worse than anyone who doesn't know the scriptures. Yeah. And it it kind of goes into what else other stuff he's talking about of you know, you have like you guys will be destroyed if you don't repent, but you still have the promise of prosperity. And so it's like, God is still honoring his promise. Um, but it, you know, there's a two way street to it. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that people forget. And then when yeah. you are living in iniquity away from God in this life, like, yeah, you're you're you still have that spirit with you, even if you ignore it. That that's going to be digging at you. You know, you're you'll have you know more of a conscience in your day to day life of like, man, I shouldn't be doing this, and it, and it can be more destructive, especially 
um, you're you're even more of a hypocrite than than the other people because they're just living how yeah. they live, and mm. so yeah, and and the commandments are given to us, and so we can live a good life. Like, and it's not just we we've said that multiple times too of the commandments are supposed to help us and not just uh, put us into submission. And when he says that the commandments, um, if you follow the commandments, then you will prosper. Then that's also just a natural um, consequence in a positive light of following the commandments is you are going to live a more prosperous life because the commandments are good. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, life will be better for you. Yeah. I think that that plays into the, uh, next few verses in the chapter. Um, what do you think about this? So it's starting in verse 27. It says, nay, he, uh, referring to God would rather suffer that the Lamanites might destroy all this people who are called the people of Nephi if it were possible that they could fall into sins and transgressions after having had so much light and so much knowledge given to them unto given unto them of the Lord their God. And then the next few verses, it, it talks about the things that God has given them. So in 28, after being highly favored, in 29, after had all things being, after had, uh, excuse me, after having had all things made known unto them, Verse 30, having been visited by the Spirit, etc., etc., all the way down to 35. And now, behold, I say unto you that if this people, the people that have received all, well, who have received so many blessings from the hand of the Lord, should transgress contrary to the light and knowledge what they do have, I say that if this be the case, that if they should fall into transgression, that it would be far more tolerable for the Lamanites than for them. And I think going back to, I mean, what you were kind of pointing out is that it's more favorable for them in this life even yeah, than, than the afterlife. Yeah. Do you think, because uh, I, I had down in tw- 28 about how um, kind of, and then the conditions that they've been favored with. Um, I just think it's interesting because. I personally haven't conversed with angels or spoken under the influence or even heard tongues, you mm-hmm. know, uh, mm-hmm. today. Now I, I know there's testimonies and other things that I've had and, um, blessings that, um, sorry, um, that I've experienced, but it's like, he's listing the, the qualifications here for a favored people. I'm like, Oh, uh, I don't even know if I fall into that, which I'll be judged for what I have. Um, have experienced i understand that but um i did think about i think it's kind of sad how <laughs> how dead the not dead how uh on life support on life support the church <laughs> is yeah because it's like not even this stuff is being seen yeah. regularly right um at least in the context that the book of mormon provides that the church should be experiencing daily sure um, yeah well, I think, again, uh, that, that kind of ties in what Jason was talking about earlier, about how this is a major theme of what Alma talks about pretty regularly. Um, in verse 8 through 17, he tells them, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven references to remembering 
the things that God has done for your fathers and your grandfathers or forget not what what he has done for you or for Lehi or for how we've gotten here. Remember, 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 remember. And then this curse that he's saying, if you went through all of this and forgot, yeah, <laughs> that's a big deal. And so and that's a mind, big deal. <laughs> oh, there's a reference. Um, no, but that that seems like um, it kind of points out how how important i guess um things like the sacrament are i mean today's the first sunday of the month we had sacrament today uh doing this in remembrance of christ and and of his sacrifice you know um and how that's like the ultimate thing do not forget that yeah yeah otherwise this i mean this same curse is probably upon us i i i don't know if this is a coincidence or not. Well, I actually had in all the, you know, the worthiness and stuff like that, that or not worthiness, but the Alma talking about how much better it is. I had just down as a note about taking the sacrament unworthily. I was thinking about that this morning. Um, just cause I thought it was kind of an, an interesting and enigma of I on my own will never be worthy to be, you know, to take to feel like I can take it if I get too down um, or if I'm kind of honest with how my life's been, but I have invited that spirit to be with me uh, much like this people had or their fathers had. Um, I wanted the benefits of having that spirit much like these people did in terms of prosperity and wellness and financial stability. Um, but I don't actually want to do the commands that God has and the spirit is leading us to do, um, then that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Like that remembrance breeds like keeping the commandments. And so when you remember what God has done for you, and that's what the prayer says is like, when you remember, you take upon the, you know, you take upon Christ's name upon yourself and then you keep his, uh, keep the commandments that, and that the spirit will be with you. So like, that's very integral of, you know, keeping the commandments is, is remembering our um, past and what God has done for us and what God has done for others as well. My only notes for uh, the rest of this chapter before we get into eight is uh, just 43 and 44, because I thought it was interesting how I'm saying interesting a lot, but that's a boring word. It doesn't really capture what I think. I find it, um, let's say, uh, I don't know. Need a thesaurus to talk about my word choices. Tantalizing. <laughs> Guess <Shout out> Amanda. <laughs> and we like to. We have a part of the show called Amanda joins ask, us. Ask Amanda. Ask Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Where Amanda gives us advice. Um, I find this. I don't know if that does anything, but I see people do it for a recording. I find this part tantalizing because <laughs> the <laughs> the uh, like a nice juicy steak. <laughs> oh my! Um, we're looking for guests to be on the podcast. <laughs> so if you want to have some fun, shoot your resume on that. Oh um, because he's talking about hey, if you've been righteous, you're going to reap salvation, and 
according to the power and deliverance of Jesus. And if you have been evil, you're going to reap damnation and your soul's going to be uh, in the power and the captivation of the devil. And I think it's just, uh, he's still kind of preaching the gospel, but the gospel as in like the opposite, like the gospel is the, the term for good news. And this is just a uh, balls in your court, buckaroo type, this is the bad news. I don't, not bad, but in your current state, this is the bad news. And I think it's just how the gospel comes off to individuals where they are. You know, Jesus said that um, he came for the poor and the meek and the lowly. And the reason, I think, is those people are going to be really happy to receive that message and grow and change from it. And the gospel to the proud and the upright and the... um the sinful is just going to be not fun. Not, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, that's a good, well, a lot better word for it. Um, and I think we're kidding ourselves if we don't think, if we think, I would say like 80% of the church is probably in the not necessarily poor and meek. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's, I don't feel like I'm from the poor or meek uh, type family, like not even money, just like we we're well off. I mean, we have we have cars, we have jobs. Yeah, I mean, there's day to day we're living okay, and uh, the gospel should be a little bit harsher to us than you know the people living on the street. I don't know. Yeah, like uh, that's totally true because like it seems like in the U.S. we're dealing the most with losing faith, and we've never had more in all of human history. Yeah, like kings of old would be jealous of a middle-class person today and so but when you go to Air other countries yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> wild <laughs> totally wild no and, and so that's that's the thing is um we we are we put our faith in our own abilities our own you know money our own uh just natural man self and when you go to um hey buddy <laughs> desi has made an appearance on the podcast uh. <laughs> hey buddy um but when you go to other countries that are still living poor and um, yeah don't have anything like Absolutely. the gospel to them is what they have yeah like that is what they hold on to that that's the hope that they have our hope is we're going to make a few more bucks you know tomorrow and that's where we put our faith in and so when we don't that's why it's easier basically for you know the poor <laughs> to accept yeah. the gospel like it's and that's why christ you know when getting at people's hearts the rich young ruler he's like you know that's not where your heart is like even though you're following me your your heart isn't with me and so to you know kind of prove that you're a changed person sell all you have yeah can you do it nope he went away brokenhearted sam and i and a few friends had just watched a video uh a video of compiled sermons that were absolutely garbage (laughs) they were hilarious uh but they were like from pastors of mega churches where they'd say, well, 
God wants you to have more money today. Yeah. <laughs> he wants you to have a better job today. <laughs> and like it's it's the whole prosperity gospel thing. But mm-hmm. um, each one of those churches, I mean, there's probably 15 in that one video. Each one of them have the membership of the entire restoration. Yeah. In that one yeah. church. And yet, you know, and yet look at the difference in, in quality that is being offered. And I'm not saying we have the best quality out there, mm-hmm. but we should have the fullness of the gospel being preached. And yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of just public speaking ability, we don't have the best for sure. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and, and that rubs people the wrong way sometimes of like, hey, sure. a lot of our sermons are not very well, you know, spoken and. You know, other people do way better, and that's true. But we kind of are leaning on our, yeah, the fullness of the gospel that we have, and um, hopefully, we can share the greater calling that God has for us. Yep, agrid, <laughs> agrid. Wait, sum that up. Um. Well, I think. Into we chapter eight now, huh? Yeah, we're into chapter eight. And I think this is just a continuation of what we've been talking about because uh, while Amulek or Alma kind of gets done speaking, uh, Amulek pipes up. And uh, Amulek. He's rich. He is rich. He kind of uses that as, you know, they were like, who are you? And then they don't listen to Alma, but they do listen to someone who appeals to their own interests, kind of. You know, their curiosity's pricked when he's like, I'm rich. Or I've been well off because of the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, he tells them that he's rich. And then they're all like, oh, well, what's this guy doing? Maybe I should listen to these yeah. folks. And uh, Amulek tells his story, his testimony about how he was just like minding his own business. And then he heard the voice of God say, get ready to have a visitor. And then that visitor was Elma. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. You should read it. Yeah, it's but a great story. It is a great story. And it the story goes into you know just listening to the leadings of the spirit and um actually acting on it because yeah even though this rich guy and he's he's just going to see a friend and the spirit or i don't know if it's an audible voice or what but um yeah tells him to go home and there's a guy who needs food and then it changes his life and i think that's where true uh advice is found you know uh and it's probably the only place where true advice is found with i mean coming from the spirit like uh there's a sermon preached a while ago about how uh just a regular thing can be used for good and evil like grapes can be crushed and made into juice that's then fermented and then uh used to get drunk you know and then you go drive and you crash somebody's car well that was bad obviously not great that grape was used for something bad, but then it could be crushed and made into juice, and then it could be used for communion wine. And uh, someone, you know, remembers the covenant that they've made with with uh, Christ and the church, and and then you know they continue in their walk with God, you know, and and that grape was used for something good. The same thing can be said for the scriptures. You can look for advice in the scriptures and find. Uh, really good or really bad advice depending on who you read and not like oh stay away from this book or stay away from that book um no but if you go back to like earlier chapters of genesis where it tells uh the people of abraham to wipe out 
all of the Abram, or sorry, not the Abram nations, the Arab nations, that's probably not true today. But if you're looking for advice in that section without listening to the Spirit, you might mistake it as advice. And so, again, even the even the Bible can be used for good and for evil. And, and we, I mean, we, a good example of that is the Crusades, obviously, yeah. uh, it's, uh, on, a, on a major scale. But true advice is found when um, you look to the Scriptures, look to people, uh, but you really listen to the Spirit that is a little bit harder to find not just from people with theology degrees or with priesthood, as we kind of talked about earlier. Yeah. Amulek talks and says the people are astonished. They're... <gasps> we need uh, sound effects in the, the editing room. <laughs> the, uh, what are those called? The bites? Sound bites? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting what astonishes them. It says, seeing that there was more than one witness who testified of the things. <laughs> oh, God didn't just say one person. <laughs> Can't use that anymore. Now, now we really need the sound bite from the Phantom Menace when they're like, "No, there are two of them." <laughs> this is getting out of hand. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's good. But they don't even actually like what Amulek says, yep, even though there's two of them. <laughs> Agreed, Desmond. Uh, friend of the show, Desmond Kane. <laughs> um. Let's, that's a kind of, a lot of what Amulek says, um, I think is, uh, life after death focused, um, kind of what it's kind of a deep dive into what Alma kind of ended on with the bad news for the wicked and the good news for the righteous in the previous chapter. But Amulek kind of gives, he's only been taught a few things a few things over the past few days by Alma. And then he kind of shares what he knows. Um, and the biggest thing is he's telling them is that they need to repent because um, there's going to be a come a time when they die and they're uh, and they stand before God. But as we alluded to earlier, the lawyers try and catch them up in their words. Um, a guy named Zizram, uh not liking it. And he's uh, trying to get a, I don't know, really know why it goes into the details on the monetary system, but it does. Yeah, that is pretty <laughs> extensive. <laughs> a little bit. It is really like a subplot of yeah. like, I don't know if it ever mentions it again, yeah. um, but it kind of <laughs> is like, hey, he, this guy, this lawyer, um, every, every case he worked, he gets a senum of silver and this is what a senum or senum of sil of silver is worth. It's like equal to a senine of gold. And then, uh, I don't know. Uh, There's Antion, three shiblums, and yeah, yeah all sorts. Of if you're interested in the economy of uh, pre-Columbus Americas, uh, you can read this in Alma chapter 8 verses, uh, basically 50, 52 through... Uh, 63 there you go yeah and it's kind of given some amount of purpose but it's like well that you could have just explained was a lot of money yeah <laughs> but in in verse 70 zizram offers to him behold here are six aunties of silver 
And mm. all these will I give thee if thou wilt deny the existence of a supreme being. <laughs> and so it, it's like, that's the only reference to it. It's yeah. like, here's this amount. Actually, let's tell you how much that exactly is before we tell you how much he offers. And Zeezrom probably thinks he's being slick because he knows that, you know, Amulek is like, has money and he's like hey you you like money don't you and he's like why won't we just deny it and then amulek's like well uh you child of hell <laughs> why do you tempt me and and it, he says tempt like he's like hey i do like money maybe but um yeah like in this the whole thing is just don't try and just um trip up or pervert what people are saying um especially if they are men of god like don't treat them in ways that um would make them stumble because he's like zizram you know that there is a god you just love lucre which is money and so basically zizram's like his god is money and amulek has basically denounced that and is saying i follow god and you know that's true and you just are being you know choosing a different master and so um yeah i think that's a whole interesting little plot through this chapter of you know people trying to trip other people up and even if they were like the righteous people um that if there's another man of God and you're trying to um, confuse or trip up or pervert what people are saying, um, then you're not a good person. So very interesting. For those of you wondering, uh, six aunties of silver is equal to six limnas of gold, which is enough to buy um, 42 measures of grain. Boom. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long a measure would last you, but could be a lot. Yeah, it could be a lot. I would assume it's a lot. Um, yeah, it's probably a lot, especially in an agricultural state, as they kind of were, <laughs> where all they're eating is bread. But I, yeah, yep. don't tempt those men of God, uh, but they try to, and they go into some pretty heavy discourse from from here on really just going back and forth with questions. I don't, I didn't yeah. count how many questions there are until the end of the chapter, but there's only like 40 verses left and there's probably 30 or 40 questions in there. Just like, well, what do you think about this? No, that's terrible. What do you think about that? You know, and it's yeah. just back and forth. Um, there's a little part that I do want to talk about. It's in verse, um, uh, it's kind of when Caesar's questioning him and Amulet kind of lays out the, the basics. Um, and he says, uh, in 92, he says, um, you can't be saved except you inherit the kingdom of heaven and you cannot be saved in your sins. Um, and, uh, Caesar is questioning him and he's like, you know, is the son of God, the very eternal father. And Amulek says, yes, he is of the eternal father of heaven and earth. Um, 
his beginning and the end, um, and he shall come into the world to redeem his people and shall take upon him the transgressions of those who believe on his name, and these are they that shall have eternal life, and salvation cometh to none else. Um, he says, therefore, the wicked remain as though there have been no redemption made except it be the loosening of the bands of death, which is really um, important because uh, I think this sets apart, this is something the restored gospel does really well, is that everyone's going to be resurrected like everyone, you know, the wicked are still going to have the bands of death loosened. They're going to be able to be resurrected, but um, I'm sure we'll get into this more as we go throughout the the Book of Mormon and near the end when it's talked more about, but um, they'll be raised from the temporal death um, and then they'll be um, judged according to their works. And then that, if it results in a death, is um, a spiritual death. Um, but because the bands of death are loosed for all, the temporal death is just a temporal, well, obviously self-evident thing, temporary death. And then the spirit and the body shall be reunited again. And in its perfect form, both limb and joint shall be restored to its proper frame, even as we now are at this time. And then we'll be brought to stand before God. Um, and this will happen for both old and young, bond and free, male and female, and the wicked and the righteous. Um, and so Amulek makes his, his statement and shares this with the people and specifically with Zizram. Um, and Zizram starts to shake, um, because of the answers to his many questions. Um, and Amulek kind of passes the baton onto Alma, which we will get into next episode. Do you guys have any thoughts before, uh, close? Repent. Repent, repent, repent. Yeah, that's yeah. That's don't forget it. Yeah, don't forget it. That that's <laughs> very good. <laughs> good thing there. Uh, well, yeah. Go ahead. No, I just say for lack of keeping people listening when we have nothing of value to say, <laughs> I say uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, we'll catch you next time. If you see us in public, feel free to come up and shake our hands. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding free handshake free right. handshakes we'll take pictures <laughs> sam will yeah i don't uh, know i'll take your picture yeah. no that's what we take with, pictures. with sam oh yeah, we, oh, we, yeah. we'll take pictures yeah. of you oh, and your yeah. family when sure. you're out doing something yeah. you know sure, sure. Yeah, I'm all, I'm we're all generous right. guys yeah, you don't want a picture with us no hmm. anyways anyway we have nothing of value left to say, <laughs> apparently. So, uh, God bless. We'll catch you on the next time. And thank you for listening to the Preparatory, the Preparatory Podcast.